Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. Today, I got to interview someone whose presence and voice on the internet is unbelievably life-changing and so important to know if you are in any way spiritual, in any way queer, in any way just a human being looking for a deeper connection with yourself, with God, with whatever you want. Kevin is an incredible resource. Uh, They are a digital pastor, creative mystic, public theologian, and intuitive soul coach. They're based in Georgia. After coming out in the fall of 2015 as a queer Christian, Kevin reached thousands of individuals across the globe with messages of God's unending love for all people, regardless of who they are, what they profess, or what they actually believe. Kevin wrote a book called Bad Theology Kills, which is undoing toxic beliefs and reclaiming your spiritual authority. Kevin, like, oh, I have so much to say about them. They were definitely a really important voice for me to listen to when I first came out. Uh, Bridging that gap between Christianity, faith, and sexuality. Like, there's so much to say about that. And anyone who's queer who grew up in the church will probably be able to relate to the fact that there's a lot of unlearning and undoing and a lot of trauma and pain. Ugh, there's just so much. And this conversation was so lovely. So please listen and please uh, enjoy and look more into Kevin's work because their work is literally saving lives. As they say, bad theology kills. It literally kills. So let's learn, let's grow, let's ask questions. And yeah, enjoy. If you guys are enjoying the Unity Project podcast and you want to support me and get more involved in what I'm doing, then you can go check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash JackieGTV. That is where you can support me for as little as $1 a month. Or if you'd like to learn more about my story and how I got from there to here type of thing, then you can check out my book, Finding Home. That is the story of me looking for what the meaning of home is and how to find home inside of my own body. If you want to pick up a copy of that, then either send me a DM on Instagram or check out my website. All of that information, the links will be in the description box below. Or if you want to support me but cannot afford to do so financially right now, then leaving a review anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Podbean, leaving a review down there, letting people know what you think, that is extremely helpful. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. Kevin Garcia, how is it going? So good, yeah, yeah. I feel great, honestly. I'm having a, I'm actually having a really great day, if I'm being honest. Oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, well, for, bit, little baby. Wow. No, that's the pit bull. That is the pit bull in the cage over there. That is a different one of the dogs. Leo, it's okay. Okay, for those listening, we're in the middle of uh, the Wizard of Oz tornado storm. <laughs> yes, and I have two very upset dogs now, not just one. Um, okay, oh. I think he's calming down. I have one big pit bull who actually, I think, do you have a pit bull or what kind of dog do you have? She is, a, a, I think she's a pit terrier mix. Um, so she's just a cute little BB. I picked her up at the shelter and she's just been great. She has a limp right now. So I'm like, oh no, I need to take you to the doctor. Make sure you're fine. But also I'm just like, I'm like, have you always walked like that? I'm just now noticing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that that is a whole thing. Dogs are very necessary this time of, this mm-hmm. time of the world. Oh Good my God. gosh. Yeah, but my, so I have two dogs, one's a pit bull mix, and he's the one that's barking all upset, thinking that the hail is like a burglar or something. And Coming to Pi- get ya. Oh, yeah, and then Piper's the anxious boxer mix type dog who's snuggled up on the couch, terrified of everything. Little but, baby. Yeah, but I, I saw your dog on your Instagram. Mine looks very similar. Uh, Leah the pit bull does. So I was like, oh, mm. they look like brothers, or I guess brother and sister. Yeah. She, uh, like, she's got such a pit face and then like a, it's like a, uh, like, it's like a, a pit body, but then it's a long, like a terrier. It's very, very confusing. I'm like, I don't know who made you, but you're real cute. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. Oh, man. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for wanting to be on my podcast today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have followed your work for a few years now, actually, like since I started my whole coming out journey and Mm. all the things. I think I originally found you. It was either Matthias or my sister, one of the two. I don't know, but your work has been really helpful and really just very enlightening over the past few years to help me know that I am definitely not alone on this side of mm-hmm. this side of the Christian world. No, not by but, a long shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to start off the podcast, I want to ask you what uh, to describe the relationship that you have with your body. Today, my relationship with my body feels pretty good, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I like him a lot. Um, I call my body him, even though I'm gender fluid, because I really identify with uh, the masculine, you know, quote unquote masculine aspects of my body. And I really like those things. Um, I don't like uh, some, some gender nonconforming people feel a lot of dysphoria, but I don't which is feels nice. I used to, when I was trying to be like this, you know, hyper feminine femme and that wasn't right either. So I just kind of landed in the middle with, you know, a beard and lipstick and that's kind of (laughs) where I landed. Um, but I like my body. I, I like my body a lot. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with myself, um, and with my body specifically, I do yoga every single day. Uh, I, I meditate, um, and oftentimes when I'm anxious or stressed out, I often I try to check in with my body, and I'm like, "All right, dude, like you've got a lot going on inside. What's happening?" Um, mm. And typically, like I can talk to myself because um, that's how I was trained. You know, that's how people like after a while, like, you know, I retrained myself to talk to my body, and like because he's a person and he needs just as much attention as any other thing. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. No, I love that. I love, I've read a lot of your, uh, your posts about gender and about like how you dress and dyeing your hair and just kind of being creative and exploring in there. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was a podcast or something you wrote about how you like love your beard, but you explore like painting your nails and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that is so cool. That is yeah. so, so cool. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know. I I've heard so much about, and this is diving head first in, but I've heard so much about like, listen, I live people. in the deep end. So this is perfect. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I've heard, uh, people talk about like the queerness of God and how God is fully male and fully female and, God oh, is like yes. up, like beyond all genders. And, oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Sorry, Piper just knocked my computer off. Piper, you really are a bad co-host right now. Oh, <laughs> I've never little... done a recording with her on the couch, and she's not having it. Wow, she um, says fuck a podcast. Yeah, fuck a podcast. Pet me on the belly right now. Exactly. Um, yes, but but yeah, I just think that's so cool, and the mm-hmm. idea of us getting to break free from the gender molds and the binary mm-hmm. and all that stuff is so beautiful, and just opens so many mm-hmm. doors to discover who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. To just break free of whatever this like mold is that we all mm-hmm. think we have to live in. Do you know what you want today is right too? You want to get really like interesting and like divine femme on this shit. Oh, I um, wanted nothing more. <laughs> so today is um, March 25th. It's the Annunciation, and it's exactly nine months from now till Christmas, which is very interesting because we're also at the tail end of Lent, getting ready for Holy Week next week, going into Easter's, right? Uh-huh. And so it's like, okay, so why do we have this story about this woman becoming pregnant also at a time when we're preparing for the death of Christ? It feels very strange. Mm. Two thoughts. It's like, okay, A of all... I love thinking about the Annunciation because when they're talking about the Spirit of God overshadowing the Blessed Virgin Mary, what is the, the, the Spirit of God? It's Ruach. It's breath. That's the feminine. That is a feminine understanding of the Spirit of God. So, you're telling me that the divine feminine came upon the human feminine and brought forth the Messiah who came in the form that the world needed at the time, you know, which would have been a Jewish dude, you know. But it's just, it's so wild to me. It was like, oh, so that's why Jesus had a feminine spirit. Because mm. he was conceived of 
feminine and feminine, which is also mirrors a lot of really beautiful texts from uh, ancient, uh, the, the cult of Isis and from uh, ancient uh, Celtic understandings of the creation of the world anyways. Oh, it's oh, wow. so good. And, oh my goodness. And, and so it's like this beautiful juxtaposition um, and also like the juxtaposition of life and death and understanding like every woman who has had to ever, excuse me, any person who has ever had to birth a child from their body knows what it is to stare death directly into the face. And so it's like understanding that there's this joy and terror that comes in it. And also leading up to Holy Week, it's like, you know, you know, it's a, it's a reminder that death is not the end and birth was not the beginning. So. Mm. Oh, see, Christianity doesn't have to be boring. It's no. just poorly interpreted half the time. Oh my gosh. Speaking of, I mean, there's another question I wanted to go for, but I kind of just want to jump right into this because I have so many Dude, for you. Hit, um, hit it, hit it. Any question. Okay. Okay. Now I'm so curious. You, you talk a lot about being a witch and mm-hmm. wait, do you identify as Christian or no? Uh, I do not identify myself as a Christian. Do I host a thing called Saturday Church? Yes, I do. Do I celebrate Christian holidays? Yes, I do. Do I read my Bible almost every day? Yes, I do. Do I talk to Jesus because he's my main teacher? Yes, I do. But do those things make me a Christian? Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? I don't know. Mm. And so I'm very much in the same vein as my Angelou, who's just like, if you figure out what it means to be a Christian, let me know, because I'm still practicing. And so that's kind of where I live. It's like, I don't care if anyone identifies me as a Christian. I don't need that label to do the right thing. I don't need that label uh, to be okay. I don't need the church, you know? The, the thing is, like, you know, the church doesn't, we don't need the church. The church needs us. That's yeah. what people got to understand and people keep forgetting. It's like, so I don't call myself, long story short, no, I don't call myself a Christian right now. I would call myself a witch because I do witchcraft. So, like, who does wit- who does witchcraft? Witches. Witches do witchcraft, you, you guys. <laughs> it's very <laughs> that it's makes very, sense. Yeah. So it's like that's an ident- that's an identifiable thing I can say. Witches do witchcraft. But what do Christians do? They terrorize the planet for two thousand years. Yes, they do. <laughs> that is right on the money. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. Oh, too too okay. deep. Too deep. Too, never never deep enough, Kevin. Never deep enough. I love it. <laughs> but I guess my question I was getting at uh would you call yourself a spiritualist i think i read that yeah sure i'd go with that how do those go together like what are how do those work together being a witch and being like a spiritualist um so the definition of a witch over time again this is going to vary from person to person but like typically it's been a woman or a gender non-conforming person who has kind of bucked at society and over the centuries People they called witches were literally just healers and wise people, typically women who lived on the outskirts of town, who knew how to heal people using the things from the environment, who knew how to heal like emotional stuff, who also served like, you know, a lot of third gender individuals in different spiritual cultures actually served as holy people and matchmakers. And so it's like the queerness of the spirit has been evident throughout time. And it wasn't until the introduction of the gender binary with Western civilization that, Mm. you know, this expansive gender fluid understanding of God began. Um, And so for me, I understand God to have many faces. I understand God to like, I under, I think Jesus really was the son of God, but no more than you or I, you know, I think Mm. that Muhammad was the prophet of God. I think that Baha'u'llah was the divine dispensation. I think Buddha touched Nirvana or like, you know, found enlightenment. You know, I think mm-hmm. that all these different places, like Course in Miracles tells us that the miracle appears to us in whatever form we need it. And so for me, that was Jesus. Still is mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, because I do believe that the person of Jesus, in whatever way that we can have a relationship with someone who died 2,000 years ago, I think it's possible. You know? Yeah. Because um, I've had too many weird metaphysical experiences, especially on the outside of Christianity. Uh, to tell to to not have an appreciation for the mystery, mm. so um, it works together because nothing I believe is in conflict with one another, and nothing I practice is in conflict with one another. You know, yeah. Absolutely. So that's a, that that's how it fits. It's just like I am somebody who is fully without conflict now. 
Okay, that's so cool. I've never heard that actually about witches. I don't think I've known anything about it. And so oh, it kind yeah. of that kind of makes it inseparable, honestly. Yeah. Like really I really getting into it. I think so too. I think it's I don't think it's just like a religious practice or like, you know, a spiritual practice. I really do think it's kind of in some ways it's um it's a life it's a lifestyle if you will it's really like to shit because like the more i get into like my my mexican heritage and my celtic like you know my irish scottish heritage with celtic magic the more i'm just getting in touch with like how i want to see the world it really is like a full-on perspective shift from seeing things through the eyes of western capitalism and you know white supremacist christianity and asking the question of what does a decolonized faith and a decolonized life look like? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been, this is honestly giving me so much hope. I just finished reading this book all about, it's my first book reading about colonization and about how like the actual mm. history of America, how oh, like the not baby. whitewashed version. And, it's, like, a it's a time. Oh my gosh. And how, just how like evangelicalism even like formed and why. And oh, I've been so angry, Kevin. I don't know what to do. I'm so Listen, mad. if you want to, if you want to get even more mad, there's a great book by Deborah Gian Lee called Rescuing e or Rescuing Jesus. It was published, um, it was published about like six or seven years ago. So I wonder what Deborah would say about it now. But the subtitle <laughs> is how queer folks, um, POCs and women are saving evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. But I think now, five years later, I think that there was a point around around the time when I was coming out where there was a big push to try and like reform the church. And now all of us are like, you know what? Fuck this shit. <laughs> we're going to yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go smoke pot in the woods, mom. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'll have to give that a look. I've been like, it's just like a big rabbit hole. Honestly, it all started for me at deconstruction. Because once you start to learn that, like, everything you were told growing up isn't true, mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, I kind of mm -hmm. want to ask about literally everything, which made me super drawn to your work. So, it's oh, so cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. So, so your relationship with your body, I assume it's been mm -hmm. a journey. Tell me about yeah. a time that you felt the most disconnected from your body. Mm. Um, I know, I actually know the point. I can remember it qu quite vividly because it, um, so trigger warning, um, I'll talk a little bit about suicidal ideation and just a little bit about my story and mental health there. Um, <laughs> and I'll go, also I was abusing alcohol in this story. So if that's a trigger for you to just take care of yourself. Um, but when I came home from the world race, which is this big 11 month, 11 country mission trip, I came home because I was so ashamed of myself because I couldn't fix myself. And I had, um, I made out with one of the people I was supposed to be ministering to, um, you know, one of these, um, I was a Serbian college student. He was very attractive. Oof. <laughs> um, but I also felt so supremely guilty. It was like, oh my gosh, this is bad. I'm a bad person. The devil came to me and tempted me and I failed. Oh no. Um, but I felt really ashamed of myself. Um, most of that time, it was a lot of just, um, you know, every single man became an object because it was something that I had to resist rather than something that I was allowed to love. Um, mm. And... I, I resisted it to the point where it was just like, I, I, I couldn't like, it was like, I want this thing, but I can't stop from myself from wanting it. How do I stop myself from wanting it? I have to stop the body. And so, um, I was prone to drinking by myself at college bars in my town. And one night I said, I wanted to get drunk and not make it home. And I tried, but then somehow I fucking made it home. I think somebody <laughs> took my keys and drove me. I'm 99% sure that somebody drove me home. Because there's no fucking way that I could have made it home. Unless an angel got me there. Oh. Um, but uh, either way, um, I, I didn't know what to do. Like second, you know, And it was just, I hated my body because my body was the problem. Yeah. And that's what I kept telling myself. It's like, you are the problem, Kevin. You are the problem. But then, you know, after I woke up after my second attempt, it, it kind of, something clicked in me. I was like, okay. I can't keep doing this. Like either I need to like, 
sign on for celibacy and just be okay with this is what God has for me, or I need to learn how to love myself again. I need to learn how to, I can't, I can't, I just can't keep hating myself anymore. So, um, I think what transpired from there, um, yeah, that's, that's really was like the, like the lowest, lowest point was realizing that like, I can't keep running away from these feelings. They're not going away. I don't think healing is possible anymore. Uh, so what do I do with this? That began like my deconstruction journey um, of like, what does the Bible really say about homosexuality? <laughs> um, yeah. And so that was a, that was the beginning. And that mm. was the point when it was super duper low. You know, I've got plenty of other very, very sad stories if you want to hear them, but that's just one of many. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That feels so, it just feels very close to home because it's just really diving into what, I mean, I don't know your full background other than just like being raised in, I'm assuming just like regular evangelical Pretty church much. culture, like, okay. Yeah, like evangelical knowing- non-denom stuff. So it's like all, all the same. Okay, yeah, for sure. Just like knowing how blatant that religion can be. I mean, depending on who, mm-hmm. depending on who's speaking and whatnot, but just about like you as a person, if you are attracted to the same sex or if you don't fit in this box, and then you develop. I've talked so much about like internalized homophobia and just completely mm-hmm. hating yourself. And it's like, how yeah. are you supposed to have any kind of connection or love for yourself? If you believe that you were born to be just not a part of this great big thing everyone's yeah. talking about. Yeah. And that's the thing I, I think people misunderstand about um, how deep, how deep heterosexism and um, heteropatriarchy and heteronormativity are embedded in the fullness of Western civilization is um, it's because it, like the sexuality, like it's like people, the, the, they say like, well, I'm not afraid of gay people. I'm just like, then why won't you give them rights? Then why are you so, why do you treat your kid differently? Why, why are you saying like, it's like, the thing is like, it's a fear because it's, it's, it's outside the norm. It's causing you to be uncomfortable because you don't understand it fully. It is a fear. And it's the same thing within us. We are afraid of our bodies because, you know, it's, I don't, it's hardwired in. Like, I don't know how to talk about it. It is a spiritual, metaphysical reality, sexuality, you know? It's mm-hmm. wild. And the yeah. only, thing, only thing we can do is figure out how to express it healthfully, you know? Because otherwise it gets backed up in the body and causes all sorts of bullshit. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was just talking about that with my therapist the other day. Have you heard of the ACE study? Ace, ace, like as an asexual. Uh, ace, like, uh, like an ace of spades, like a oh, playing cards. Oh no, uh, yeah, never heard of it. No, tell me more. Okay, it's it's this study about how childhood trauma mm-hmm. uh, affects your physical health later in life, causing like mm. chronic illnesses and whatnot. And right. there's, I forgot what she said, but there's so much about growing up closeted in a Christian home in some kind of form. Mm. What that does to to your physical health later in life, because I think that's so important because it makes people take mental health so much more seriously mm-hmm. and trauma so much more seriously. Cause now it's causing like things that you can actually see. So you can't argue against whether or not depression is real, but it's like, no, this person's like dying from this thing. It's so mm-hmm. helpful and so sad. Right. What was your, I guess, growing up like in Christian world, like what did that look like for you? What, what were you told about God? What were you told about your body, about what mm. it means to be a male or a female? Yeah. Biblical manhood was like the thing that was thrown around a lot. And I think because I was a kid who was like a budding homosexual, I also knew it was like, okay, I got to learn how to be a man because I don't know how to do this. So like I joined like the youth group, like, you know, the youth group softball team. Like I can't throw and catch. Like my dad tried to teach me. It was like the most unsatisfying thing in the world. I'm like, this is, literally awful like why who gets who is getting any enjoyment out of this and also like we were really bad like our our team was i was the (laughs) i was the best one on our team and we were bad and i would like like how am i the best one on this team that's wild anyways 
Um, I went to Promise podcast. Keepers. <laughs> yeah, I went to Promise Keepers at age 13. Like, who goes, like, a 13-year-old has no business being at, uh, no one has any business being at Promise Keepers, first of all. Wait, what's Promise Keepers? Oh my god, Promise Keepers! It was, it's oh. this, uh, it is this uh, men's organization to try and help men, like, oh, I'm gonna stop watching porn, and I'm gonna be better to my wife, and I'm gonna be a man after God's own heart. Um, oh but it's it's a pretty toxic environment, and it was founded by people back in the day and it became really huge. I'm talking like thousands of men would show up and like cry with each other and, you know, be home, mildly homoerotic. Not really, but like my 13 year old brain couldn't stop thinking about that because what else do 13 year olds think about? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know what my grandfather was thinking, taking me to that shit or my uncle. Why did, Oh, Apparently, I'm angry with my family still. But what I learned about me, what I learned about God was that God was perfect and I had to be like God um, because that is what was going to make me happy and that's what was going to make me safe. Um, And that was what it meant to belong um, to family and to community was do this thing for God because that's because Jesus died for us to do this Um, so we can go be in heaven forever after we die it was all very afterlife focused and of course like you know when you are afraid of eternal damnation you'll do nearly everything especially when you're told from the time you're knee high to a grasshopper that hell is real and you will go there if you don't do x Mm. um and that kind of that's trauma in the body especially for queer people especially because just like you mean that like my natural like body feelings of just like getting turned on can land me in a lake of fire well that's like that blows mm-hmm. that really that like really really blows <laughs> um so yeah i, I my body I, okay so this is something i've been realizing lately is that a lot of the purity culture messages that came in that girls got around don't give your sexuality away because like it's like a pedal and it'll get ruined for some mm-hmm. reason, like I internalized those messages that girls were getting around their body because I think like I saw like I I don't know how, but like I knew that I was some kind of feminine thing, you know, person. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember I like I had a lot of shame around this. Like the first time I had sex or like tried to have sex with somebody as a one-off, I started crying in the bedroom. Oh. Like, he was really, really nice about it, but just, like, that's the level of shame I was at. It was yeah. pretty... So, um, it really blew. It's no fun. Uh, I, I think that I didn't really, really get over that. It's like, I had a lot of stuff shake off when I came out, and I was able to start dating. And then I was able to start uncover as I started to have sex with people um, who I was dating and not dating i was able to like start working through a little bit of my sexual trauma so uh i learned that basically my bat my body was a terrible terrible thing but thank god for god killing his son so that eventually i wouldn't touch myself and then maybe i'll have a baby with a woman you know Mm. that's that's what i was told i was for that's that sounds about right to me Mm -hmm. oh my god Okay, Just wow, be a yeah. good Christian. Yeah, lots, right? A whole lot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. What what is what was your journey like coming out? Like you, or hold on, let me re ask that. Um, you say that you you felt like you knew you had a feminine energy. I guess like you were a feminine mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. and you felt shame around that. Did did that like? When did that start to become a part of you that you like couldn't ignore anymore to like be like, okay, I, I guess like wanting to start the coming out process or look into what that might mean, mm. whether or not you knew the theology around it being yeah harmful um, or not. Uh, so I didn't have any sort of affirming person around me. I had a few friends that I came out to in school who were like, yeah, I don't think God's going to send you to hell cause you're gay. And I'm like, yeah, you might be right. Uh, <laughs> But then my dad outed me to my, my mom and uh, some very, very not so great conversations. I ended up in reparative therapy and again, afraid of hell, very, very pious. And also being someone who is, you know, I was, ve- I, ve- I was a spiritual kid, like from nine years old, 
I knew the spirit. Like that's how that's how far like my weirdo mystical woo woo shit goes back. Um, and I was also told that that same spirit wanted to send me to the gay lake of fire. So you can imagine how much I didn't want to go to that gay lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually took me about twelve years from the time I was outed to the time I came out. I was twenty four years old, and I it was the summer of two thousand and fifteen. Um, I had just broken up with my last girlfriend and matched with a guy on Tinder who said, are you going to the Reformation Project in Atlanta? I had no idea what that was. Blah, blah, blah. I ended up getting to go for free because of uh, my friend Miles who worked there at the time and it changed my life. And that's when I started actually was like, okay, I feel the Holy Spirit, <laughs> quote unquote, the Holy Spirit confirming this now because I was still Pentecostal. Uh, <laughs> but I seriously, I felt it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't like this feels good. This feels true. I feel so happy. I'm never going back ever again. Uh. Um, and then I got kicked out of missionary world and then I had to come out to my mother again and my family again. And most people were not surprised and pretty much all my connections to like anything church related dried up overnight. And I ended up sleeping in a shitty basement with my friend Casey. Um, we split a room that was $300 total. So we each paid $150 a month for rent because that's how fucking broke we were. Mm. I was a lot of PB&Js, a lot of ramen, but tell you what, I regret nothing. Would do it again. Yeah. I would sleep in that basement for 5,000 years if it meant getting to be out and being free of that bullshit I put myself in. Oh, wow. That is so, that's so special, that journey. I'm so happy that you found, that you matched with that guy on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, was- and he, and the best thing was, is that he went on to actually creating a very successful blog and podcast called Blue Babies Pink. And then I actually got to go to his wedding a few years later and he's happily married now oh and is out gosh. of the closet too. So like truly full circle. His name's Brett Trapp. You can go find his shit. Oh, sorry, VT Harmon. It's BT Harmon. He changed his name when he got married. Um, but um, bluebabiespink.com is the blog and the okay. podcast. Okay, I got you. Uh, how do you feel today knowing this, like knowing this side of like the freedom that you feel and then knowing what you were taught growing up from your family, from people you trusted and like just knowing how messed up it was. Like, how do you feel mm. about that today? I used to be really, really mad about it. Um, that I, because like the, the truth is like, if I'm looking back at all of the people in my life, if I'm being very frank, they were doing the best they could. And even to this day, even the people who reject me are still technically only doing the best that they can because given their worldview, given their fear of hell, given that they cannot seem to unlearn white supremacy um that is them that literally is their best and their best is shit their best hurts and that's very sad um but for me like you know i don't want to ignore like the fact that it hurts but it's also just like i'm not going to pay attention like i'm not going to like continue that i can't i can't do it um i'm at a point in my life where um I don't, I don't, I can't have people in, like, people who are close to me are people who are going to celebrate me fully, no questions asked, period. Mm -hmm. And all of my fullness, witchcraft, queerness, um, life coaching stuff, like, the whole nine, even smoking weed. Like, if you have a problem with me smoking weed, like, literally fuck off. I'm not here Mm -hmm. to deal with you or explain to you why this is a fine thing. Um, but I, I think, I'm not mad at my parents anymore because I recognize that, you know, they've, they are complicated people who had a whole life before me and during my childhood and still have a whole life now. And they're complicated. Um, and I can be sad and I am sad, but I've also mourned it and I've let it go. I think I've healed a lot of things over the past couple of years because I was just really tired of like every single time I thought about something Christian or thought about the church, my blood would start boiling. Mm. And it's like, 
if I'm like, it's like, you know, I was like, oh, I shouldn't be mad about this. And I was like, well, you know what? I am fucking mad. And once I was able to admit that I was mad, once I was able to admit that something hurt, was the moment I was able to finally release it. And once I could release it, then like I can get on with my fucking life. And that's what my spirituality does for me now is like, what is holding you back from being at peace? Most of the time, it's your stupid uh, self, you know? <laughs> and so what do you want to do about it is the next question. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think back on those times and I'm like, yeah, I believe some really wild shit, but also like, if, what, what are you going to do? It's like that I, I, I didn't pick, or maybe I did pick, maybe I did pick to be born into that family. That's what some, some pre-birth theologies would say (laughs) but i am but it's not for me it's not a matter of whether it's uh yeah i'm just not as angry as i used to be i'm more mad at the p i'm mad now because it's like i just know how simple it is to walk away and it makes me so sad how fear keeps like i have to remember what fear tastes like because oftentimes i do not because other like i like Ugh, I don't have time to coddle people and I don't have time to explain theology. I'm like, do you want to have an experience of, of love? Come with me. I will show you that. I really, I really do not care about anything else anymore. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I love how you talked about how once you were able to let yourself be mad, then you were able to release it and move mm-hmm. forward to like what else is in life. I, I've been talking a lot about kind of like I guess when processing like trauma, there are all the phases, right? There's like the denial phase and there's the like dissociation phase of like just not being able to, not being able to accept what not, I don't even want to say accept what happened, but just not being able to sit with what happened. Mm -hmm. And then that once you were able to, I guess, realize like what had happened, like realize your anger, realize all the feelings that you've been dissociating from, then you get to like, the next step is kind of like, okay, so how do I take this information and integrate it into my life moving forward? Mm-hmm. And that's such, it's crazy because I don't know. I always wish that there was like this other step after like realizing the step that like fixes it all, but it is like in the mm-hmm. moving forward and the integration that does just give you, mm-hmm. give you a beautiful life afterwards. Yeah. The step forward is the integration. The step forward is the way that you began. Like you just, how you do it is you just fucking do it. It's very annoying. It's very, very annoying. Like we all kind of like, I wish like, I don't know. We want to really understand the process without going through it. And I'm like, you can't, you (laughs) have like, you have to like begin. That's the thing. Just begin. And once you begin and you find like, everyone's like, Oh, I don't have motivation. I'm like, motivation isn't what you need. Willingness is you just need a little bit of willingness to say, I don't want to be as in, you know, three months from now, I want to be in a less shitty place than I am now. That's all. And so if you can like commit to that, like what is it? Smart goals. That's what that is right there. Smart goals. Yeah. It's something that it's like, you know, don't make it such a huge deal. Like, you know, your spiritual land. And the thing about it is, is that everyone thinks that you're trying to arrive somewhere or like get somewhere. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Take a deep breath. That moment of peace that you just felt, that is exactly what you're after. Mm. That's it. It's so simple in like the best way. Listen, one of my favorite things that A Course in Miracles says is that the whole of religion can be summed up with, the whole of good religion can be summed up in this. Uh, Give up what you do not want and keep what you do. How simple Mm. is the obvious and how easy to do? Just give it up. If it doesn't work, don't do it. If it helps you and gets you closer to God, keep it. That's it. That's very cool. What did, what did kind of like people, a lot of people call it doing the work. I don't really love that term anymore. I think it's more just like learning how to love yourself better. But like, what did, what did that work or like that, like learning look like for Mm -hmm. you after coming out and after stepping away from uh, the traditional evangelicalism and whatnot? Like, what did that look like? Mm. For me, I think the idea of doing the work is, um, in some ways, like, I think for me that the idea that comes to mind, and this is what my work focuses on, is what is the practice? 
creating like what is my life practice and i for me i think every person needs to develop a mindfulness and a movement practice you need to move your body in a way that feels good you need to take care of the body that you have in whatever way that you need to and then i think you need to get still and be with that body because it has a lot of wisdom Um, And how I do that is through, um, I do yoga. I'm a practicing yogi. I would say that I'm a bhakti yogi. Uh, That's what I'm studying right now. Um, Which is like the idea of like, it's a devotion. This idea that I'm devoting myself to like the sweetness of the feeling that comes from giving myself to my guru, which for me is Jesus. And because for, for me, Jesus is my path to God. And to spend time with Jesus, like Course in Miracles would also say that to call upon the name of Jesus is, Jesus said, you guys understand? I and the Father are one. And so, if you get that, and you understand that I'm in you, then you really get it. Um, anyways, so, um, practice. That's what I think doing the work is for me. Is, it, was, it was learning what helped me get close to God and continuing to do that and caring about nothing else. Um, and I, I think people under, like, that doesn't mean that I don't care about other people. It doesn't mean that I don't work and pay my bills. And also doesn't mean that I'm not depressed sometimes because I'm, you know, I struggle with anxiety and depression and I take meds for that. Um, but I, I think that doing the work is creating a practice that leads you back to the presence of God. Um, and I think we all have it available to us. And that's what I, that's what I teach. And I think something that is like really interesting, and I don't, I think this idea is just coming to me now, is that like a lot of people don't know what it is to like get into the presence or like, especially after we've left evangelicalism, because all that stuff feels really tainted. Yeah. And so my invitation to people is just like, just come do like one time with me, just come meditate with me one time. And I will show you that prayer is like the Holy ghost is not scary that Jesus is not a weapon because, and it's just, it's because I touched it. You know, I've had, I've had some pretty, Hey dog, I've had some pretty (laughs) weird and beautiful mystical experiences over the course of my life that do not make any fucking sense except for that. I'm just, I'm supposed to share this. Like I have whatever the peace that passes understanding. I have it. I hook, I cultivate it and I give it away to other people. And so if you don't have it, ask for it. And for me, you know who I ask for? I ask Jesus. And you know, he shows up and he gives it to me. And that sounds fucking crazy, doesn't it? I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy. And that's really what I think any spiritual practice should lead you back to. Is it making you happy? Is it making you feel peaceful? Is it helping you accomplish goals in your life? If yes, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. But what do I, what do I know? I'm just, you know, somebody who has to live on this fucking rock, you know? <laughs> just Kevin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's really Does that make cool. any does, I, Also, does that make any sense? I feel like Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. I I've heard you talk before and actually Glennon Doyle actually says something similar. You, you talk about how kind of like the language is a tool really and how like you can call him Jesus or you can call it peace or your knowing or yes, whatever yes, that yes. is, but it's like bringing you back to that like same place of peace where mm. I guess Christian world it would be like Mm. the presence of the holy spirit or Mm. i don't know like i love that because i mean we all know how triggering christian Mm -hmm. language is post like construction and post coming out that i've Mm -hmm. been in this place of like really really missing having a spiritual life and having like the ability to feel like i'm in that kind of peaceful presence yeah but anything even in that neighborhood is like so triggering that it just it it ruins everything so i'm like what do i do with that Mm -hmm. then i would say change the name that's it very simply (laughs) so when i'm working with my clients and i'm teaching meditation as i i often i I won't talk to jesus i won't talk about jesus until the very end i'll usually just say brother jesus go with us um because that's what that's what he is to me um that's cool brother jesus i love that yeah because he's our brother you know yeah. if we're co-heirs that means he's our brother <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes 
And also Jesus said, like, listen, I don't call you servants for I have called you friends because you know what is my business. Friend. That's more than just, you know, I'm a, I'm not a slave. Paul's like, I'm a slave to Christ. Jesus didn't call you a slave, motherfucker. Plus, you were never a slave. You were a citizen. Oh, mm, let me not. Paul. Let me not. Let me not. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Uh, oh um, but uh, I tell people all the time, like, if the name Jesus is triggering for you, change it. One way I love praying is when I say God of our many understandings. Sometimes I just say, hello, love. Sometimes I'll say, Holy Ghost. Sometimes I'll say, Spirit of everything. Sometimes I'll just say, that which is greater. Sometimes I'll just talk to my body because when, I talk, when we talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit, our bodies are the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know mm. that your body's a temple? Come on, somebody. <laughs> and that's yeah, the thing. Me. Can you, like, like what if we believed that? What if we believed that our bodies were these places in which the holy dwelt and spoke yeah. and moved? Like God lives and breathes and has and has God's being because of your fucking body. Yeah. G- God cannot exist without you. God exists through you. Oh, come on, process theology, mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. But oh, that's a um, I don't, I don't, let me not, let me not keep going in that direction. But like, I think like <laughs> the, like the way I, I practice my spirituality now is it feels, it feels like all the beautiful things I had from my past without any of the dogma. And also without the, the need for a burden of proof and without being detached from my community or from reality or denouncing science. Mm. You know, I think that's the way like, people think like, you know, like I don't like, you know, go up to people and prophesy them over them and say, I just feel like God is telling me you're going to do this great thing. I don't know. I, I, the thing, you know, like, <laughs> okay, good. because the thing about that was, is that that presence that we felt, I think it was real. I just think that we uh, were taught to use it improperly. Being able to like touch spirit or like be able to just like feel spirit's presence or like tap into, you know, your crown chakra, you know, if you will, whatever that means. Um, I think that I think that was a real thing. And I think that on on the far side of it, like rather than telling somebody that you're going to meet somebody and you're going to save nations and you're going to be the next Billy Graham. Why don't you tell somebody mm. the, the only thing that, it, that we know for certain is that mm, God loves you so much. And I know that maybe it hurts right now, but God's with you. And I know that because I'm with you. Mm. Oh, and I know I God is that. and I know God is with me because you are with me you know yeah yeah that that's that's very 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 cool and so different than every other message i was taught growing up and just Mm. it's like different but it's not like like it's the same words but used in the right way it's like your body's a temple god is in you but the meaning of that is completely different yeah and that's that's why i i mean I, you know, talk about it all the time. Course in Miracles is my book because it takes a lot of the concepts from Christianity that are powerful in many ways and are powerful symbols for me and uses them in ways that are like actually like helpful and not harmful ways that liberate me instead of cage me in. And I think that's, again, like that's, you know, being able to, I I credit a lot of this to like uh, being surrounded by the people I was like, I, from the time I came out, had a front row seat to like the best biblical scholars for five years. And so I would like constantly be learning (laughs) about all Mm -hmm. this incredible shit. Um, And then I went to seminary and that was pretty phenomenal as well. And now I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking what I know and I'm trying to tell other people, I'm like, listen, it's, it's a lot easier than you think, you know, take it. Like, I think if anything, like what I hope to do with my life in my lifetime, I would like to have a spiritual revolution of some kind. It's like, I would literally like to start some kind of spiritual movement where we can actually talk about spirituality, even with Christianity, like as just like a framework or a lens or a language. But I would love to just teach a whole lot of people how to do this shit. Because it's not, it's not hard. It just takes a little bit of willingness. And it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. 
And I think that like the more we can inspire joy, the more healing we can have, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Is that what you mean when you talk about uh, making spirituality like an embodied lived experience? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like, got you. Like, well, yeah. Cause when I, when I talk about like the quality of your life is important. Like I, again, like when we came from the world where our spirituality was just about happened after we die, the body, first of all, that's Gnosticism, you know, they, 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 <laughs> it's so wild. Just like, you know, don't worry about what's going on in your body. Your body is a terrible thing. I'm like, no, no, no. That is Gnosticism. And the council of Trent, uh, you know, called that heresy, you know, ages ago. So like, even by classic Christian teachings, you're off, you dick. <laughs> um, but really, yeah, it's, um, it's just paying attention. Like your body has like, and then again, like it might not come for me. Like I didn't learn to access my body through Christianity. I learned how to access my body through um, psychology and yoga and then later mindfulness and meditation. Um, okay. Because at first, like, you know, cause like Christianity doesn't give us the tools. In fact, like we, many of us come out of evangelicalism with arrested development around our communication skills both with other people and with ourselves. Mm. And because of that, we have to do this healing that we think that we should have done ages ago. And it's like, given if you had a normal life, if you did not grow up in the weird ass subculture, you did, you wouldn't have this problem, but guess what you did and you do. So you can either <laughs> deal with your shit, stop shaming yourself for something that's not your fucking fault and get on with yourself, get on with your life yeah like that, oh, that, yeah. That, that's really the thing it's just like stop being ashamed of the shit that is not your fault most of it's not your fault mm. like 99 percent of it probably it's not your fault what happened to you but your healing is your responsibility and that can start yeah. today yeah that is awesome i love how like in the middle of all this you talk about how in this new I don't even want to say new version of spirituality, but in this like free version of spirituality, you don't have to not believe science. You don't have to say Buddhism is wrong and like everything else is wrong, but like this one way is the one way. Like everyone mm -mm. is included. Everything is yes. included. That's that's the whole. That is what spirit says, and also like that is also like in queer theory. That's what queer theory states: include mm -hmm. everything, exclude nothing. And so oh, I love that. And it's also like kind of how I see my spirit overall is just like, that's what, how I think forgiveness works. It's like forgiveness is not pushing away the things that hurt us and not thinking about them. It's extending compassion over those things, over the part of us that's hurt. So it can become integrated back into the body and the self, you know, mm. it's about coming back yeah. to your union. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a second ago that you didn't find, I guess, the tools to, or I forgot what you said, to communicate with your body or yeah, to... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the, I didn't learn how to communicate with my body through Christianity. I learned it through yoga. Yeah. What did, what did that look like? Um, two seconds. I need to let my dog out of this room because she's just a little whiny baby. One second. Oh, go for it. Come here, baby. You can go. There you go. Go ahead. I'm gonna go take her out real quick. Oh, you are okay. Really you're good, anything, mom. Oh, honey. Oh yeah. <sighs> Sweet angel. Oh. Well, we will go to, and she, you know she's probably been hiding it this whole time because so she can survive. Because that's what animals do. That is what they do. I love oh. dog drama. <laughs> I love it's, it. <laughs> it's really annoying, but I do have pet health insurance, so like, shout out. Yes. Oh, that's the best. My girlfriend yeah. has that too, and I'm like, I would never be able to afford any of this without that. Yeah. Anyways, um. What did that look like? Uh, it started uh, learning to communicate with my body started off with um, just kind of delving into like spirituality stuff that was like outside of strict Christianity. And that was a little scary at first because I was so afraid of the devil. <laughs> and then um, 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started there. But once I started to like deconstruct, I was like, oh, hell's not real. Oh, oh, oh. It's like everything just kind of clears. Like everything is everything. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's the best moment. Oh yeah, when everything just starts falling into place. But at first, it was really yeah, scary. The because, hell's like, not real part is like what? <laughs> yeah, the hell's not real part triggered a lot of anger in me because it's like then what the hell was i doing all of that shit for and then the question really it's a great question what were you doing all that shit for kevin yeah not for god not oh. for yourself it's like ah i'm like oh i was fooled mm. and then and once you realize oh it's not your fault i was fooled you know you get to have a it's easier to have grace for yourself at least it was mm -hmm. for me yeah Oh man. Wow. This is very, very cool. I love, so I, I'm getting so curious now. I want to go explore all these different faiths and stuff that I feel like growing up, I was so afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's Buddhism. the thing is like, it's like, it's really wonderful to read. Like I have, I mean, I, I've read like the, the writings of Baha'u'llah, who is the prophet of the Baha'i faith. And like just the book called the gleanings of Baha'u'llah, just these, be it's beautiful poetry about god and i'm like oh my god oh it's so mm -hmm. good and like it's it's mystical and delicious and i'm like the more you know that's why like there's it was so fucking annoying to me is that there's all these like hip evangelical pastors quoting rumi and rumi was muslim like he was a oh sufi my god. he was a sufi and i'm just like oh my god yeah except for like he's in hell so i don't know mm. Oh my goodness! I you know didn't what I'm even saying? put those pieces together. Oh yeah. The irony of oh, people yeah. the, uh, the irony of people quoting Gandhi and thinking oh that God. Gandhi's in hell. You know that makes no or like the the irony of people quoting like fucking MLK also is the fucking nerve of Justin Bieber using oh MLK on the fucking track. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my god i couldn't even listen to it i read all these tweets about it and i was like oh Justin. i let i let everybody else listen to it because i'm just like i do not i can't it, i can't waste my time on things i cannot uh, it's just like oh dummy yeah. oh beebs oh my gosh Sweet he really he really wanted to be an r&b artist he really was like yeah <laughs> guys did. i'm black i swear i am multiracial i swear <laughs> I swear. <laughs> oh my gosh. Didn't he get all butthurt because he like didn't win some award for it or something? Oh my goodness. Literally he can. Oh, Justin Bieber. <sighs> oh sucks my gosh. Suck. Kevin. It does. It's sex to suck and we should tell him that. Oh my goodness. Kevin, this has been so great. I have like two more questions for you. Is sure. that cool? Sure. I okay. got time. Uh, so my first question, first of the last two is... I guess you've kind of already answered this, but like, what are, what are ways and practices that you have today to connect with your body when you're feeling disconnected or when you're feeling like far away? Like, how do you come back to yourself? Um, is this going to sound like I'm a broken record? Yoga has been my okay. way. Um, I, I keep my practice as no matter what, pretty much like, unless I'm feeling particularly shitty or my body saying no, I try to get on my mat, even if it's just for five minutes, even if it's just to breathe and stretch. Even if I don't do a practice, mm -hmm. just to get in front of my altar, to light my candles, to breathe, to, you know, keep myself in rhythm. It's the most important thing that I do. And I have to remind myself, taking time for my, taking that time to set myself up in that manner is the most important thing I do for anyone, for my clients, for my work, for my well-being, all of it. Like mm -hmm. that is like the most important time I have is the time I give to myself. Um, yeah, so that, and also like, I am a big believer in canceling things if you need to. So like, um, if I feel like if my body's just saying like, for example, like I had to move a call from yesterday to today, you know, because I had a really hard therapy session and I cried my eyes out because I needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just didn't have it in me to talk to anybody else. You know, I also like, I don't care if like, I, because like, though the work that i do is emotionally heavy and also i'm somebody who deals with mental health like you know mental health issues so like i am not going to you know hurt myself in order to help somebody else that's stupid mm -hmm. and it's just not worth it to me anymore i'm so much happier why would i compromise my happiness oh, yeah. um 
so yeah, I, I tell people like, I love myself more than anybody else. And I take care of my body because nobody else will. It's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, oh, sorry, I think I interrupted you. No, 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 you're good. I'm just, uh, okay. But yeah, that's the yoga is the thing, you know, breath practice along with that. Um, I think, you know, I mean, masturbation, honestly, like making sure that like, you know, you have a healthy sex life with yourself. Oh, I love that. Oh, oh I love that dead. so much. No one said that on here. I'm so happy you did. No, I'm so serious. Like masturbate every day if you can. Like I yeah. also because like it's a good stress reliever. Also, it's been COVID times. Oh my God. Let me tell you what, I've had to get really creative because sometimes like you just pull in the pad fucking raw out in this bitch. It's too much. I need <laughs> to be free. God. I cannot wait to have sex with people again. Oh, my goodness. But that's a whole different just, conversation for another time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm so lucky. I just got, I just started dating my girlfriend right at the beginning of the pandemic. And you I'm like, lucky I don't bitch. Know what? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I really just figured this out without Girl, knowing. Oh, my God. I was, trying to, I was trying to get a COVID boyfriend, but then, like, after the first time we hooked up, he's like, mm, I don't think I should see you anymore. I'm like, but I thought, um, like, I thought we had a good time. No. It's fine. Oh. It's okay gotta stick together it's quarantine times he should know oh, this yeah so you know we've been okay you know i got a dog um but um there you, go. you know it's making out with a dog is a little different and not really my thing you know she yeah, wants to make out best. with me all the time and i'm just like tippy no like you have, <laughs> you have a lot a lot of facial hair dude oh my god yeah but she's she wanted though that's true <laughs> that is true uh oh, man uh, yeah. well, my my last oh, yeah. last question for you has nothing to do with anything else, which is great. Perfect. Um, so, would this is my favorite part? Would you rather? This is the most important thing you'll tell me this whole hour. Would you rather have to eat only tacos for the rest of your life? Only tacos, breakfast, Done. lunch, and I don't, dinner. I don't want to hear anything else. That's it. That's, That's what I want. Are you sure? Okay. I mean, pretty okay, much. Can I try? Can I try to give you another option? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do with the minimal information I know about you outside of this podcast. Let's see what I got. Okay. So pod or tacos for every single meal. Or mm -hmm. would you rather everywhere you walked, you got to, oh, I wish this is when I really wish I knew really random facts about you. <laughs> Everywhere you walked, you got to ride on a very, 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 very smart goat. And this goat was quick and very smart, very cool. And you got to just travel on a goat everywhere. Is it and a the goat constantly is, complimented you? Is it a is it a giant goat? Like it, what it's size like is a, the goat? Like is it like a is like decent? Like, cause like, I don't want to like ride on a small goat because like I'm a, I'm a, I'm six foot. Like I don't want my legs dragging on the ground. So it needs to be at least the size of like, uh, not a whole, it doesn't have like a, you know, a medium sized horse between a pony. Like I just don't want my feet dragging. That's my only requirement. Okay. That makes sense. How about we change it from a goat to like a medium sized cow? Oh, cow. Cows are pretty cool. Cows are cool. But like, I'm also thinking like if I'm riding a goat, I can ride that into into battle if i need to <laughs> um Dude, that's the most important part. yeah i think honestly i think i'll go with tacos because you know if i have an animal it means i have to take care of it and that's just another responsibility and i just want to eat things that i like that that that's pleasure that's full okay. pleasure that's fair and that's also fair. like tacos the variety the variety is a thing you can put anything inside of a, of a taco you know yeah tacos can be virtually anything now and plus like i love cheerios in there yeah that's a little weird for me but I, <laughs> but like you know you put eggs in there you put eggs in chorizo breakfast tacos you put fish is fish tacos like it's oh shrimp everything the best yeah anything oh anything in a, in, a, in a tortilla for me is is a winner okay very very fair very well said I appreciate and support that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, tell tell us how can we find you in your work? I know you wrote the Bad Theology Kills book. Where can people get that? Like, yeah. All your stuff. 
You can follow all my work across the internet. Uh, my handle is at the Kevin Garcia. That's T H E Kevin Garcia. My website is thekevingarcia.com, and you can talk to me about coaching stuff. I've got this thing called the Spiritual Reformation Masterclass, which is a 12 week journey back to yourself. And you can join with a bunch of other people who are learning how to take back their spirituality and like, you know, unlearn their triggers and shit. It's really fun. And, um, mm. uh, reach out to me, send me a DM. If you have questions, um, join me for Saturday church every Saturday at 11 ish AM Eastern standard time. It's a spiritual gathering where we get together and, you know, read some tarot and, you know, have some really good preaching and, um, you know, it's almost Holy week. So like get into it. Palm Saturday. And the other thing is my book, Bad Theology Kills, subtitle, Unlearn, or shit, what is the subtitle? Unlearning that Toxic Belief? Hold on. Google it. Undoing. It's undoing. Damn it. Bad Theology Kills, Undoing Toxic Belief and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. It's available at badtheologykills.com and ships worldwide through Amazon. All right. That's awesome. That t- these uh, Saturday gatherings are they on? How do people oh, get on? Oh, Instagram those? on Instagram Live. Awesome! I want to get on one of those. That's, it's that's so cool. fun. It's very lovely. Yeah. I, like especially if you like good preaching. And I, let me tell you what, I'm a very good preacher. I can imagine just from this podcast. I just want to listen more. So I'm mm-hmm. be there. You said it's Saturday at what time? Saturdays, 11 a.m. ish Eastern Standard Time. Okay, I like the ish. Leaves room for. I know. I know myself. Excitement. I know. <laughs> It leaves room for me to like be fucking late because I'm gay and gay people are late. That is a fact. Period. Yeah. And people can gay fucking do better things to do. I have better things to do than be on time for anything. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. myself. You know. There you go. Oh, <laughs> also, yeah. uh, also I'm ADHD, so like uh, that's also the, the second reason I'm late a lot of the time. Oh I my just, gosh. I just forget what I'm doing. <laughs> Those are very valid reasons. Oh my goodness. Well, Kevin, this has been so much fun. So, so much fun. Thank you again. And I will see you on Saturday then on the Instagram. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye.